this is episode 7 of The Hate Crime Files, a podcast about crimes typically involving violence, motivated by prejudice based on race, religion, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, or other grounds. I'm your host, Terrence Heath. This podcast covers disturbing events and may not be suitable for everyone. It is not recommended for young children. Listener discretion is advised. Sometimes hatred can make the simplest things complicated and the most innocent things dangerous. When the Beatles sang, I want to hold your hand, in 1963, they weren't just making music history. They were giving voice to a deep-seated human need and desire to hold another's hand. It's something we're practically born doing. We're hardwired to hold hands. As infants, we instinctively grasped our parents' fingers, and as toddlers, we reached for their hands. It's called the grasp reflex, and it kicks in before we've even left the womb. Just 25 weeks after conception, fetuses can be seen grasping at the umbilical cord inside the womb. This reflex fades around the age of 6 to 12 months, but the human desire for touch remains necessary throughout our lives. Experts think this reflex was once necessary for our prehistoric ancestor survival. Babies likely used it to stay close to their mothers, which helped them avoid life-threatening dangers. It could go all the way back to our common lineage with primates. They've been observed doing it too. Why do we hold hands? First, sensory stimulation is vital to our quality of life. Several studies show that children who grow up institutionalized can suffer physically and mentally from lack of touch. Holding hands or something as simple as a pat on the back can reinforce encouragement and support and decrease stress. Basically, we need human contact to thrive. When we're young, especially, having a hand to hold gives us security and helps to counter fear. Insecurity disappears when we have a hand to hold and allows us to conquer obstacles more easily. The security that parents provide their children by holding hands shapes their children's behavior and their way of thinking. When you were scared or frightened as a child, You probably reached for your parent's hand or the hand of the nearest trustworthy person. Watching a scary movie might bring about the same response. Our brains respond to sudden stimulation with adrenaline that gets our blood pumping and releases cortisol. At these times, our natural reaction is to hold hands with someone we trust. Holding hands is also good for our health. Holding hands with your partner can lower your blood pressure, which is one of the significant contributors to heart disease. 
when we're clasping fingers with our loved ones. We're not just easing stress and improving our relationships. We're providing a comfortable sensation that helps our heart. It can even relieve pain. There's a reason why partners typically hold hands in the delivery room during birth. Holding hands with a partner makes it easier to endure pain. According to acupuncturists, one of the most useful pressure points on your body is the webbed area between your thumb and forefinger. It's called the HEGU, and it can help reduce all kinds of pain, like headaches, sinus infections, and toothaches. And you don't have to jab a needle into it to benefit. The simple pressure of holding a hand can activate the pressure point and relieve pain. To refer back to the Beatles, the Fab Four were perhaps saying more than they knew when they sang, and when I touch you, I feel happy inside. Holding hands can decrease levels of the stress hormone cortisol. This hormone also makes our skin more sensitive, so the touch of a helping hand will have an even stronger impact. Even the lightest touch from a friend or loved one can make us feel better. And since the largest concentration of nerves in our body is in our hands and fingertips, holding a hand can really make things better. Holding hands has the same effect as eating chocolate. Both stimulate the release of oxytocin. Studies have shown that holding hands can help put you in a relaxed and calm state, the kind of stress relief that indulging in chocolate gives us. The pressure caused by interlacing fingers while holding hands increases the sense of relaxation while lowering your heart rate and blood pressure, just like the magical abilities of chocolate. Oxytocin is the hormone behind this benefit. When we hold hands with someone we love, our bodies release the hormone oxytocin, which is known as the cuddle hormone, promoting feelings of devotion, trust, and bonding. It increases and strengthens empathy and communications between partners in a relationship, which contributes to a long-lasting, happy relationship. Holding hands is an intimate way to show someone you love them. It's a non-sexual way of showing that you want to be close to them. It says something about how you feel about one another. Holding a partner's hand communicates that you are thinking about them, there for them, and willing to offer them the comfort and support they need from you. However, holding hands doesn't just send a message to your partner. Holding hands in public makes a public statement. It's a confirmation of union and shows that you are together or bonded in some way. A public display of affection is visibility. And when you're part of a marginalized group like the LGBT community, visibility is often met with retribution, including verbal abuse, discrimination, and violence. It's that potential for retribution and the fear of it that causes many same-sex couples to avoid holding hands in public, or at least avoid doing so in certain areas.
a 2017 UK survey, showed that more than half, 58%, were afraid to hold their partner's hands in public. A 2018 study with 108,000 responses showed that over two-thirds, 68%, said they'd avoid holding hands in public with a same-sex partner. There may be a price paid for this avoidance, given the benefits of handholding we've just cataloged. Respondents in one survey were significantly less satisfied with life in general than the UK population, scoring 6.5 out of 10 on average, compared with 7.7 for the general UK population. There seems to be even more stigma when men hold each other's hands. In Amsterdam recently, hundreds of Dutch men, many of them straight, were holding hands in response to a brutal attack on a hand-holding gay male couple in Arnhem, Netherlands. After the attack, Dutch men began uploading pictures of them holding hands to social media to stand against homophobia. In Western culture, we're taught at an early age that it matters when men hold hands. At a young age, boys may hold hands with other boys or even hug and kiss. But as they approach their preteens, they learn to believe that their human nature is unacceptable. It's so intolerable that some men even turn to violence to prove it. This enduring legacy of masculinity that tells us men shouldn't hold hands is unnecessary, sad, and dangerous. Spencer Deering and Tristan Perry, a gay couple in Austin, Texas, had a violent encounter with this brand of toxic masculinity on the night of January 19, 2019. They were holding hands as they frequented bars in downtown Austin in celebration of a friend's birthday. The pair had just left a bar called Rain around 2.30 a.m. when the encounter occurred. As they exited the bar, a man passed by them and uttered a homophobic slur calling them faggots. We were holding hands as we were walking, just laughing and talking to each other, Deering, 23, said. I believe that may have been his motivation to say the first slur, at which time it seemed like a tactile approach to getting a rise out of us. Deering and Perry then turned to the man and began arguing with him as he motioned for at least four other men to come back and back him up, Deering said. Deering said he responded, saying, what did you say? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. They started following behind us pretty closely, calling every expletive you can think of, Deering said. The last thing I said to one of the guys before they attacked us was like, I don't have any more, anything more to say to you guys. We're just going to go home. Leave us alone. One of the men punched Perry in the face, breaking his nose and knocking him to his knees, Deering said. The men hit him again and again until he was lying unconscious in the street, which is when at least one of the men started kicking him repeatedly, Deering said. It happened in seconds, and he had little time to respond. The last blow he took was an extremely long kick to the back of his head, so 
At that point, I thought he was dead. I thought that that kick alone had killed him. So when he was just lying there, my first instinct kicked in to kind of just charge at the guy that kicked him because I wanted to create some kind of diversion, Spencer said. The group continually assaulted the couple until a witness intervened, police said. The witness reportedly told police he saw a group of four to five men verbally abusing and assaulting the couple, but stopped once they saw one of the victims pulling out his phone to call the police. If the bystander had not been there, the attackers may have continued. It may have been much worse, Deering said. Police were alerted to the incident at the corner of 3rd Street and Congress Avenue just before 3.30 a.m. on Saturday, January 19th. The couple had signs of injury after being beaten up so badly. Perry suffered a laceration to the back of his head, a broken nose and swelling to his face, a busted lip, and chipped teeth. He is also now suffering from neck and upper back pain as a result of the attack. News stations reported. Deering said Perry's condition had gotten worse since the incident. The most difficult side effect he's gone through so far is memory loss. So he'll forget something that happened an hour ago, and it goes throughout the entire day, Deering said. Deering suffered swelling to his mouth and jaw, along with lacerations on his forehead that required an application of skin glue. Both suffered concussions, and Perry had minor internal bleeding, bruised ribs, cracked teeth, and a wound in his jaw. The Austin Police Department investigated the attack as a hate crime, according to the Austin American Statesman. Upon further investigation, police obtained a surveillance video of the attack, which reportedly shows the couple being followed by a group of people and the assault. Other surveillance video captured the suspects running away from the scene. The owners of the downtown gay clubs, Rain and Oil Can Harry's, pooled their resources in offering a $5,000 reward for information leading to an arrest. The reward eventually increased to $13,000. For too long, Gay bashings have threatened our community, officials of Rain wrote on Facebook. Historically, and still to this day, establishments like ours have provided sanctuary and security from these incidents. At Rain on 4th and Oil Can Harry's, we strive daily to provide a safe, tolerant environment for our community, and our actions do not stop at our doors. We will not stand by when our customers and community members are brutally assaulted simply for expressing their love. The bar owners contacted the offices of Mayor Steve Adler and Police Chief Brian Manley as the investigation into the attacks continued. We will continue to coordinate resources and actions to help ensure that this crime is fully investigated and prosecuted, officials at Rain wrote. We are also working together on community safety measures to ensure that we send a strong message that threats in the warehouse district will not be ignored. 
the attack sparked a reaction within the community. Colin Acock formed the Rainbow Patrol after learning about the incident. It sparked something very deep in me and very personal, Acock said. I got fed up and I was like, you know, it's time to bring back the Rainbow Guard. The group's goal is to walk around donning reflective vests and flashlights and provide a sense of safety as people leave the gay bars on 4th Street. The Rainbow Patrol started with 22 volunteers and at least 10 patrolled the streets the weekend after the attack. We are totally peaceful, not going to be carrying in any way, shape, or form, Acock said. We have whistles, we have flashlights, we have reflective gear. We're loud. We're visibly loud. Acock wants would-be attackers to know the group is watching. The victims started a GoFundMe page for medical expenses that reached more than $14,000. The fundraiser had an original goal of 4000 and in a few days it raised more than 19000 Three weeks later, police arrested four people for attacking Deering and Perry in an alleged hate crime. Frank Macias, 22, was arrested and booked on two counts of aggravated assault with bodily injury. A second-degree felony punishable by two to 20 years in prison. He was jailed with bail set at a combined $300,000. Police said a Crime Stoppers tip identified Macias as one of the suspects, as well as another man. During a meeting with the police on January 24th, Perry and the witness positively identified Macias as one of the suspects. The three remaining suspects, Quinn O'Connor, Miguel Macias, and Colby Manel, were arrested. They faced the same charges, Frank Macias identified Miguel Macias as his brother, according to court documents. Bail for each of them was set at $300,000. If prosecutors can prove that the beating was a hate crime, the charges would be upgraded to first-degree felonies, which carry a sentence of 5 to 99 years. But establishing that a hate crime occurred can be exceptionally challenging in court, because state law directs prosecutors to show the victim was targeted because he or she belongs to a specific group and for no other reason. Protected group categories include race, color, disability, religion, national origin, ancestry, age, gender, sexual orientation, or by status as a peace officer or judge. Hate crimes in Texas are not a specific criminal offense. Instead, they are an aggravating factor that can lead to an increased sentence. The Hate Crime Files is researched, written, and produced and hosted by Terrence Heath. That's me. Thanks for listening. And to all my listeners and subscribers, thanks again for your support. I'll be back with another episode on the 15th of the month. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support it, please subscribe. 
tell your friends and family about it and consider leaving a positive review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. In the meantime, be careful out there and be good to each other.